Yes, good morning all. Monday, February 27, the Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And we're at Clubman Angle this morning as the Sky Racing Carnival of Miracles reaches its climax Saturday night with the Miracle Mile here at Menangle. They had the draw yesterday and, uh, well... The horse that had been favourite for quite some time, Captain Ravishing, drew second from the outside, so is no longer the favourite. Uh, the Hunter Cup winner, which won a qualifier here on Saturday night, Honolulu Bay, uh, drew four and is now the favourite for the Miracle Mile on a Saturday night. We'll speak to some participants throughout the morning, but we're waking up to some great uh, Aussie news overseas. Our cricketers, T20 World Cup number six for our women. They've beaten South Africa by 19 runs overnight. And Ange Postacoglu, only a matter of a couple of hours ago, has helped Celtic to another trophy over in Scotland. They've won the Scottish League Cup final 2-1 against their great rivals Rangers at Hampden Park. And, uh, well, we survived the big sports breakfast lunch on Friday. And Loz has survived the weekend back home in June. How are you, Loza? A little bit tired, boys. <laughs> uh, the throat's a little bit sore. Uh, didn't get a lot of sleep, but geez, I had a wonderful weekend. Congratulations to everyone involved uh, there in Juni on the weekend. And I want to give a big shout out to a bloke by the name of Kenny Beisel, who put Pie in the Sky together. Uh, he was a coordinator. Uh, he was able to get a lot of ex-NRL players down there for the weekend. Uh, we certainly had a great weekend. It was a terrific game of football. It was great to see a lot of people there supporting the game uh, and supporting the town and supporting the club. Uh, it was a fantastic weekend. Everyone really enjoyed it. It was hot conditions. And these players, or ex-players, that gave up their time uh, when you know, they could have been doing other things. They mm. could have been doing other things with their time, spending it with their family. Uh, for the greater game, uh, good of the game, they, they came down to Juneau. They put on a good performance. They raised a bit of money for the club. And the club are, are doing some really good things this year. So I just wanted to give everyone a bit of a, a wrap for the weekend. Great stuff. Great to see you know a lot of people getting together to save a country footy club. We've lost too many, haven't we, in uh, recent times? And uh, they didn't have a team, did they, last year in Group 9 June E? No, they didn't. Famous Th- club in that area. Very famous club. It's actually 100 years of Group 9 Rugby League. They're celebrating in April this year. Um, so it's a big year for the Riverina and Group 9 uh, in particular. Um, and, you know, there's uh, a club like Brothers they're very concerned about as well. You know, over the years we've lost teams like Cootamunda and Harden. So hopefully, um, you know, when Brothers aren't lost to us, we can get there and support those teams. But there's certainly, you know, a lot of work that still needs to be done. Um, but it was a great effort from everyone involved. And I just really want to thank them from the bottom of my heart because, you know, without their support, you just don't get a, a game like that, an opportunity to raise money and help a footy club that's been struggling get back up on its feet again. Awesome. We'll, uh, at some stage through the morning, ask you about the match as well. And you can give us uh, a few names who might have put their, well, you know, hope that they still had it. Maybe they did. I don't know. You can tell us all about that, though, a bit later. How are you, Pop? Morning, morning, boys. Morning, morning, morning. Happy Monday. Nice to be back out here. How Mangle. was your trip out this morning? Uh, it's a little longer than you'd hope at sort of 4 a.m., mm. uh, just over an hour, but no cars on the road. Well, it worked out well for me, though, and I, because mm. we... Come like, uh, well, you we, we, Well, I, I came yesterday afternoon because I was oh, in June so Juni. coming Perfect. back from June so it worked out well Saved for me. you probably an hour and a half. And my great mate over here, he had a wedding down at the South Coast, so yeah, he was able to drop in. on your Instagram, had your number ones yeah. on, didn't you? So it worked out day. well for so me. So did you two misbehave last night? Well, we, we, 
were pretty sore and sorry as we got to mm-hmm. our destination here at Campbelltown yesterday. So mm-hmm. we, Loz and I just went across to the Catholic club and drowned our sorrows. But then we backed yeah, a couple of wins. <laughs> we, we just kept packing winner after winner. Hard to leave when you're winning. Well, it was one of those days where, again, I, I couldn't back a winner when I was selecting. But Mido was just going, yep, we'll... Yeah. Yeah, throwing darts. Throwing darts. And, and it worked. He was just on fire, the big fella. Play on. So I followed him, followed him in and away we went. Yeah. Right. Well, well, good little afternoon. Sunday session. debrief from Friday. Yeah. Went through the weekend. Yeah. Good day Friday, wasn't it? Oh, outstanding. Yeah. Friday was good, actually, yeah. Great turnout. That room's awesome. Good spot, how many, Actually, how many people did we have? Because not, not 455. Sure. Yeah. About five, I think. Perfect mm. size room. Mm. Even like sometimes when you you know you're on stage talking, yep. you sort of shut one side of the room out because of the shape of it. On there, you just you could you felt like you could still see everyone and speak to everyone. Yeah. Good crew. That was good crew. Everyone I, I, I good love listening to Arnie. I love listening yeah, to Arnie Blocker was awesome. and Arnie and was Spud. Awesome. Um, they're all fighting stories. <laughs> <laughs> Spud did well. Spud did well to get a word in with Block. He had to stop. Yeah, Block, let me talk. Let me talk. <laughs> it was. Oh, yeah, you, you, did a, you did a Q&A, you asked one yeah, question I know, I didn't for have half to, an hour. Well, I didn't have to prep. Did you notice I got up there and didn't, didn't have any notes? I didn't have one to prep. One question, so that, that was, was good. It. But oh, one thing I do yeah. love about that lunch, it's old school. It's an Big old school type lunch, and we should never lose those old no, school type lunches. Oh, yeah, what about you two? Oh, no, no one's filming. You can say what you want. As I put my head up, there's a massive camera staring me in the eye. I go, yeah, okay. Rightio, no one's That's filming. That's internal. That's yeah, internal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this will go nowhere. Oh, my Only God. if it has to be used. Oh, but thanks to everyone who came. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was a great afternoon. Great vibes. And uh, it's funny when, uh, obviously, Spud and... Uh, blocker up there with you, Loz. Even Josh, Josh, I was sitting next to Joshy yeah. Reynolds. Even yeah. he was like, oh, imagine if I played in that uh, day. Uh, <laughs> well, blocker was quite subdued because he had his son Liam there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, true. But I remember, like, uh, in all honesty, different, yeah, different eras. Yeah, of course. Whatever. But you could get away with what they were doing back then. And yeah. I remember that tour, uh, 1990. It was such an amazing time where you go away with, yeah, 24. Rugby league players, you all come home, great mates from being away for so long. And you share those stories. And it feels like yesterday. Every, when Blocker and Spud were talking about it, I, I could pick up things from that day. And, and I haven't got a great memory, but it's amazing when someone starts to talk about it. You go, that's right, that happened, this happened, that happened. Um, so, but it was great. I could just sit there and listen to those guys talk about oh. those tour stories all day. We all could. Most of us could anyway. Loved it. Um, now, Pup, yeah, as I mentioned at the top, our women's cricketers, just stars as we know, yeah, dominant. So fire. a 19-run win in the final. You know, it was a packed house at Newlands as well, which was great to see. Uh, six for 156. Beth Mooney, player of the match, she had 74 not out of 53 deliveries at the top of the order and uh, just uh, just controlled South Africa during their chase pretty much the whole way. They finished six for 137 uh, the South Africans. So another title for our women. Ash Gardner was a judge player of the tournament. And uh, what more can this team possibly achieve? Keep winning. That's all they can do. They're, uh, yeah, they're certainly the team of the tournament. They had a, well, a close game in the semi-final against India. But again, you look at their, the way they played through the entire World Cup. They never look like losing. Um, in control. The experience in the team. And again, Meg Lenning captaincy brilliant um yeah you, I, I, look you never get sick of a team winning um but the girls have been on fire for a long time so 
I don't think there'd be too many people surprised that they've uh, gone on and won this World Cup, but that shows how good a team you are when, you, when you're expected to, to dominate like they have done. With, with the men's cricket, you know, yep. there's two guys that have generally regarded as being the best, Bradman and Warney. Yep. With the women's cricket, because there's so many high-profile girls these days, who's generally regarded... Belinda Clark. Belinda Clark. Belinda yeah. Clark. Yeah. Right. I think she's she's been, a, so far, she's been Australia's standout player. Yeah. But again, oh, mate, Meg Lenning, her record is phenomenal. Yeah. Um, her leadership has been outstanding. So I think that's why Belinda's probably so well respected, because it wasn't just the way she played, but it was the way, what she was like as a leader. As right. Her, yeah. And in that era as so well. So they're not forgetting about oh, Belinda, no. because no, no all way. these other girls Complete seem opposite. to have a lot more of a profile. I, I actually feel like like the girls do that really well. They respect the players that have come before them. They know now they're just in the process of being able to get women's cricket to uh, a place where it should be. Um, but I think they, they, they do pay thanks they a lot their achievements, yeah. to, to a lot of the past players. But Belinda being probably the best Australian player that we've had. So far. Yeah. So far. See, we've got a great week, don't we? We've got, obviously, the third test, which we will be watching so intriguing. And uh, Thursday night, we're on. Round one. Three sleeps. Here we go. I'm Uh, ready for footy. Yeah, I think I'm ready for footy. I I think the India staff, again, like, I think I'm still emotionally attached enough to say I I, I want to see Australia win every game we play. But the, the, the series against India, I think, is, like, a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't care too much about it. They'd see the results they wouldn't watch. I think every enough people are interested in what's happening over there to work out, okay, well, we now know Pat Cummins is not going back, mm. for the, certainly for the third test. Um, and, again, thoughts are with, with him and oh, his, his family and his mum. And, you know, to be honest, I, I, personally, I think he's he's doing the right thing. I think family always comes before your sport, even at the highest level. So, you know, I can understand... Um, you know, where he's at, what he's thinking, and, and I do think he's made the right decision for him and his family. And like I say, I just hope everything's okay there. Um, but, yeah, who, who, how's Steve Smith going to go as captain? What's our 11 going to be? Are we going to improve from what we've seen in the first two test matches? There's so many question marks. So I love the fact that there is so much interest in that series, but I think everyone's ready for footy season. No doubt about it. Parramatta, Melbourne, and, uh, gee, I... <laughs> As far as betting on that game is concerned, Parramatta have got a lot of players uh, in doubt. So uh, Melbourne's round one record. I mean, it's yeah. going to be hard. To, you know, last week I was edging towards Parramatta. Now I've got absolutely no idea. I think what's... you've just got to wait and see what the teams, when they're announced tomorrow afternoon, uh, who's playing, who's in, who's out. Mm. Uh, I've always said, and I think I said it a number of times last week, and I'm probably repeating myself uh, numerous times, you've got to be careful early in the year because it's just so many things can go wrong and you've got to watch your team for the first couple of weeks to get a greater understanding and a, and a, and a better look at how they're going to go for the season ahead. Um, there's always upsets early in the year. Players are coming back from a long break. They could have a little bit of ring rust. Um, holding possession is certainly the key early in the season. If you're playing in stifly conditions... Um, so this game on Thursday night, it, it will be a cracker because Parramatta will want to convince everyone and show everyone that, hey, last year was no fluke. Mm. You know, we got to the grand final because we were the second best team in the comp. Melbourne are rebuilding somewhat. Uh, they go into it without Pappenhausen, who will be an enormous loss for them. Brendan Smith uh, is no longer there. 
what can Munster do this season for Melbourne? They go in without their experienced forwards. They've got a younger forward pack this year. So I, I think there's a lot to like about the NRL competition this year. Uh, for me, I still think the Roosters are the team to beat, not Penrith. Penrith are a very good squad. It's going to be difficult to go three in a row. But the Sharks, South Sydney, these type of teams, I reckon they could challenge. They're Cowboys. I think it's a lot more open yeah. than what it was last year. I think you're right, Loz. If you're just tuning in, we're a clubman angle this morning. Miracle Mile here Saturday night. Clark is delighted. He's absolutely inhaling. Boys. Inhaling a I, bacon and egg roll that's just ended up in front of his face. You know that hung, hangover feeling? <laughs> no, I'm well. not hung, but I feel like I am. I'm that tired. So give me this bacon and egg roll. It's looks so a nice good. bacon and egg roll, too. Put colour back in your face. Yeah, How come you're the only one with a bacon and egg roll and Mido and I haven't got one? Well, you two have got to talk. <laughs> this is okay. my time to eat. <laughs> and on that, back page of the Daily Telegraph today. So uh, Buzz will have more details on his story when he comes on just after 7 o'clock. But uh, 13370000 How the Roosters are worth nearly $2 million over the salary cap wow. and why they're not cheating is uh, the headline on the back page. And uh, he, he, along with colleague at the... At News Corp, Brent Bree have uh, done their own perceived, or well, the values that they perceive players oh, are worth. And uh, again, just highlighting the fact that a club like the Roosters is one of those clubs that players will probably go to for unders laws, I guess, uh, just because they want to be probably mm. in, the, in the heart of Bondi. <laughs> no, it's just the, the, obviously the, the Do you culture. Think any other, you Do you think any other club has that attraction? <sighs> Can assemble a roster like that because they just want to play? With that team? With the, with the footy program? Because oh. when you look at it at the moment... No. Possibly not. No. Yep. I think they're the leading club for mm. that, aren't they? You know, you look at what mm. Penrith have been able to do and win they, competitions, but they're starting to lose players. The Roosters very rarely lose them. And they taste some calculated gambles. Like Matt Lodge, who's been, you know, obviously had, had his history. And, mm. you know, there was some discussion at Brisbane whether. he... You know, he was even keeping up with the game. He's gone to the Roosters and been tremendously valuable for them. Yeah. How, how does this is the thing I've always questioned? I, I know it's different for cricket, but this this whole salary cap thing. So, can players still be paid outside of? Okay, here's your salary cap. We yes, pay you. Can. you. Okay, but, but they've got so to be an that, arm's length from the that, club. Isn't that the truth as to why the Roosters keep their players? Because they Third might parties, be able to go. Yeah. He's a car sponsor. He's a you know, he's instead of paying seven hundred grand for your property, yeah. we, well, you know, we know a property well developer connected. and you get it for yeah, five hundred grand. They are very well connected. So to me, so. Uh, don't get me wrong, Bondi is a beautiful, beautiful part of the world. Yeah. But if someone says I'm paying you five hundred grand, yeah. to me as the athlete, I don't. I want a million dollars. That's what I'm worth, right? If you say he's five hundred grand in the salary cap, but you go and get me another five hundred somewhere else, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care if it comes from a shoe company, a car company. Uh, Mount Franklin Water, mobile phone. I don't care where it comes from. I just care about my number, what I think I'm worth. Yeah. So if the Roosters can do that, how good are they? Yeah. And, and that's one of the reasons why other clubs struggle, because they don't have access to those third-party sponsors. Yep. Uh, but the Roosters, they, they do it well. Uh, interesting here with Buzz's valuations, just looking through you know, players and in particular the fullbacks from each club, Latrell Mitchell, James Tedesco. So I think James Tedesco is still the best fullback yep. in the game. Yep. But the notional value on Latrell is a lot more than what he's got for James Tedesco. What's he got for Tedesco? So he's got 1.2 for Tedesco and 1.4 for Latrell. 
Dylan Edwards, 700,000. Dylan Edwards, 700. I reckon he's worth more than that. Pappenhausen, 700. Interesting. I think he'd be worth more than that. Is that what Buzz is saying? Yeah, this is what they they think they're worth. Yes, what they're worth. That's that's interesting. Why would he... Why... But maybe they're saying, okay, marketability out. Like, are you looking at well, the whole team as well? Well, marketability, probably Latrell's worth more than Latrell probably Jake, as an individual. Yeah, he probably bring, like as a package. Pack, he yeah. probably brings you know to be able to yeah. sell a team. But he's also yeah. no disrespect. The Roosters team's got more superstars than the South team. Yeah. So Tedesco selling a package of the Roosters, you could sell seven Roosters players. South Sydney, you can maybe sell three. Yeah. Latrell is the one big fish in that team as yeah. a selling, selling package. Point, yeah. so if and you market it, your team around. Yeah. So he's worth probably a lot more mm. away from the field, Luttrell. Yeah, it's, it's no different. Like, if you go back to the Australian team that I walk into, if you put uh, Gilchrist, Ponting, Hayden, McGrath, Warren, any of those players, they like there's five absolute or six absolute superstars in the team, right? If you went now in this Australian team and put a Shane Warne, or a Glenn McGrath, mate, it'd be, it's like no yeah. comparison. Yeah. You know, if it went on money, this, the current team marketing-wise would be the bet highest paid player, say he gets $3 million, Warnie would get 10 Yeah. You know, but in that team he was in with so many legends, yeah, Warnie stood out, but it wasn't like yeah. it would if Warnie was in the Australian team now own. because of everything he yeah. brought. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. Back page of the Sydney Morning Herald and Adam Penkilly has co-written this story. Tampering deadline, final hurdle in deal being done. So apparently they're getting close at long last to having this deal done for the collective bargaining agreement. And something that's a sticking point, and we were talking about it a bit last week, weren't we, is that, uh, well, the NRL would like... Uh, to push back the date that a player can sign with a new club from, as we know, it's November 1 now. They can negotiate to, ahead of the final year of their deal and to push that back to June 30. And uh, I know the players won't like this, but I think as fans, a lot of us would much rather see this situation. Yeah, I think sometimes you've got to listen to the fans. You know, you, you, you can't always please everyone, mm. but I think this is sort of an, a no-brainer. This is what people want to see. They hate seeing you know, players moving and changing different clubs. They understand why at times, uh, but they certainly uh, can't grasp it. So I, I think this will be easier to understand and easier to explain. And I think this is the path we're going down. 